Wyatt Langford absolutely destroying organized baseball in his first couple weeks as a Texas Rangers prospect. On today's show, I'm breaking down what he's doing to organized baseball, MLB's pipeline's top 100 prospect re-rank, where the Rangers stack up, and a big Jeff Passan feature and all the takeaways from that on the Texas Rangers. All that and more in this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Friday, August 11th. Your Rangers are 68 and 47, alone in first place atop the AOS with a two and a half game lead on those stinking Houston Astros. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, on to Today's show, I'm breaking down this huge Jeff Passan feature and some key takeaways, some some things that you learned about the Texas Rangers, and a big Farm Friday update with a lot of emphasis on Wyatt Langford, the Rangers' first round pick from this year. But let's get to the Jeff Passan feature, and it's it's kind of interesting seeing a, a big Jeff Passan feature on the Texas Rangers. There haven't been a whole lot of those. Um, Passan, I think, is is one of, if not the best, baseball writers in the country. Just to have a big feature on on the Rangers is is kind of awesome and about how they're awesome and how they're going for it and they are really deeply going for it. I mean, the Rangers are in a great, great position right now. They are, you know, projected to have about 95 wins according to baseball reference. They've got a 69% chance to win the division, which is down about 10% from where it was before this Oakland series. I believe it was as high as 80%, but unfortunately the Rangers, you know, took two out of three in Oakland, didn't take all three, and they they didn't gain any ground on, on the Astros, who... Of course, we're playing the best team in the American League in the Orioles. So, of course, the Astros would win two out of three there, even though the Astros, for the most part, have been not that great against teams above 500. But the Rangers knew that this battle for the AL West would not be easy. This battle, even to get into the playoffs, wouldn't be easy. I mean, right now they have, uh, like I said, an, over a 95% chance, a 96.7% chance to make the postseason at all, which is awesome. That's kind of the goal, what it was at the beginning of the season. I, I thought that, you know, I, I didn't expect a, a 95-win team. I didn't expect the best offense in baseball. I, I didn't expect, well, I expected a little bit more from the starting rotation than we ended up getting. But but still, the the accumulation of what went right for the Rangers and what didn't go right for the Astros to make this AL West win possible is uh, pretty astounding. And the Rangers realized how important it was to take advantage. It's one of the things that I, I liked about John Daniels as a general manager. He was not afraid to go for it. And I think that's something that he impressed upon Chris Young is the urgency to go for it when you have a window open. This this is the year. And Chris Young understood that, per, like splurging for Max Scherzer and for Jordan Montgomery and for Chris Stratton and even giving up a little bit for Austin Hedges when Jonah Heim went down with injury. Uh, it, he knows that this is the window, and I, I applaud him hugely for actually going for it. There are a lot of teams that are pretty scared to to go all in, and this wasn't even didn't even feel like that much of an all in move. I mean, the, the prospects they gave up were were pretty good, and Luis Angel Acuna is is a solid prospect. I think will be a a pretty solid big league everyday regular. 
I, I think that Takoa Roby could be a middle of the rotation starting pitcher, and with uh, we'll get to a little bit later the misfortunes and uh, bad things that keep happening to Rangers pitchers. We talked about Cole Reagans yesterday on the show, and uh, it would have been nice for the Rangers to have one homegrown starting pitcher, and it seems like more and more unlikely as the days go on that the Rangers will be able to do that. But, you know, just go ahead and, and trade for two top-end starting pitchers in Max Scherzer and Jordan Montgomery. But some of the key takeaways from this past an article, which is very good, you should go read it. And if you're an ESPN Plus subscriber, if you're not, then um, you just listen to, to what I have to say about it. But one of the key things that I, I learned early on is that Max Scherzer was the priority over Justin Verlander. That's what the Rangers wanted. I think that's kind of where I leaned as well. I mean, Scherzer is a little bit younger than Justin Verlander. There's a little bit less mileage on his arm than Verlander, and he's got one year of extra control as opposed to two extra years of control. So he'll be, I believe, 40, 40 when the contract ends as opposed to Justin Verlander, who will be 43, I believe, when his contract ends. The strikeouts this year were much better for Scherzer than Verlander. He was not as good at limiting the hard contact. He gave up a lot of home runs, but I think the Rangers saw something in there in his slider not being quite what it once was and thought, oh, okay, well, we got one of the best pitching coaches in the business and you know, two of the best defensive catchers in the business well I guess they didn't at the time they had one of the best defensive catchers in the business at the time before they traded for Austin Hedge they thought we could probably fix that Scherzer guy who was amazing as recently as last year and if you can get the Mets to eat a lot of salary which they did I mean the Rangers are paying I think 16 million total it was about 35 million that the Mets spent to not employ Max Scherzer on their team for the next season and a half which still feels perplexing to me. I mean, I know they got a decent prospect out of it, but I mean, spending, even if you frame it as that, as getting off Max Scherzer's contract, which they were the ones that signed all this, you know, shoulder shrugging of, wow, how did we get into this position? We're all trying to find the guy who did this. Uh, well, the Mets were the ones who did that and signing a bunch of old pitchers, which I said at the time was not a great idea, but now I'm kind of having to backtrack and say, oh, actually, Max Scherzer was the one that was a good idea. It's, it's Justin Verlander that was the one that, that wasn't the good idea because now Verlander is, of course, back with the Astros, and it was a nice, like, three months to not have him on those stinking Houston Astros. But anyway, I, I like that they prefer Scherzer. I think there's a higher ceiling there. I mean, I know we saw Verlander be amazing as recently as last year but the strikeout numbers are down the velocity it seems like is keeps going down for Verlander he is just a little bit older and has so many innings on his body and I, I know that Verlander is very good and if there's someone that's going to keep defying father time then it makes sense that it's Justin Verlander but eventually it comes for everyone it even came for Adrian Beltre it took till Beltre was like 38 um, but still it, it comes for everybody at a certain time and uh, not that I'm praying on his downfall, but I'm, I'm a little bit praying on Justin Verlander's downfall. But uh, one thing that the Rangers also added to their pitchers is um, it makes me look really stupid for not wanting the Austin Hedges trade because the Rangers didn't give up very much. And it seems like he's already paying dividends. And one of the things that Austin Hedges did, even though he hasn't caught Jordan Montgomery yet, maybe he did for an inning in his first start with the Rangers, but Montgomery, he encouraged him to start throwing a cutter, a cutter that he 
barely used with the Cardinals this year. And in his first start, it paid huge dividends. He threw it 14 times, that cutter. He got five swings and misses. He got hitters to chase out of the zone half the time that he threw it out of the zone. It wasn't as good against the A's, but still, for the most part, he's been very good. He's only thrown that cutter um, 44, 42 times on the season, but he's thrown 23 of those in two starts with the Rangers. So I think that's a, a great thing for a guy who's a sinker baller who's got that kind of repertoire. I mean, that was one of the pitches that worked really, really well for Martin Perez last year. He was going right, so I think adding that kind of helps him out. He was a fastball, changeup, curveball kind of guy before he added that cutter. So I think it gives him something different, a new look, and he's already very good. And if he gets even better with the Rangers, then he's got Austin Hedges to thank a little bit for that. Coming up, we're going to look a little bit more at why going all in is so important and a few Rangers in the top 100 prospects of MLB Pipeline. But first, this word for our sponsors. Want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper, where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Do you think John Gray is going to have a really great start tonight against the Giants? Well, you know, if you do, then on Sleeper, you can swing for the fences with up to 100 times payouts. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and select more or less on their stat categories like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right, and you could win really, really big. Dynamic payouts are live. What are dynamic payouts? Well, in short, each player projection now has a multiplier attached to it, as opposed to preset multipliers based on the number of legs in the contest. With dynamic payouts, there also comes more stat categories to place contests on. So, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms used for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at PricePack. Follow the show at Locked On Rangers. And the Rangers take on the uh, Giants this weekend, a fun reunion with Bruce Boach. You can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, this was, there were a couple good quotes from Chris Young, and what really, really stuck out to me is the one at the very end um, of this article. He said, this team deserves every opportunity to try, win, try to win this year. Our fans deserve it, and there's a price associated with it, and we were willing to pay it. Wow. That is some solid stuff from Chris Young, who knows the price to pay, knows that it's worth it, and knows that going all in this year is the right move. This doesn't feel like there's any super juggernaut teams. I mean, the Atlanta Braves have been amazing all year, and they're kind of you know, crashing back down to earth a little bit around 500 for the last couple of weeks. And you know, the Dodgers kind of feel like they punted on this year just to get a chance at Shohei Otani next year. The Rays were incredible to start the season, and they just had their ace go down. Their offense has been a pretty dried up since the calendar turned to July and the Orioles are okay but we've seen them look not great their starting pitching staff is just fine their offense is pretty good but not as good as the Rangers and the Astros have had so 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 many injuries to their starting pitchers and to Jose Altuve and to Jordan Alvarez I mean this is the year for the Rangers to go in and I'm glad that Chris Young recognized it and he actually went and did it because the Rangers have the system to do it and they have four guys in the top 100 prospects of all of baseball according to MLB Pipeline. Now the four guys on there at this midseason re-rank is Evan Carter at number eight overall, Wyatt Langford at number 13, Sebastian Walcott at number 67, and Brock Porter at 98. Now 
these are pretty good rankings, but there are a few guys that were on there at the beginning of the season. The Rangers had six guys on this list. The guys who are no longer on this list, or at least no longer Rangers. There's uh, Luis Angel Acuna, which was, who was on here. They also had um, Jack Leiter, who is no longer on here. For about five minutes, they had Kumar Rocker on here. He is not on here because of, of course, uh, his Tommy John surgery, but they also had Owen White who was at number 66 before the season. And Owen White, they have dropped him very far in this top 30 for the Rangers prospects. He was the number three prospect, I believe. Maybe maybe number two um, before before all this, this re-rank. And now he's at their number eight prospect. I, I think that's a huge drop-off. I think that's a bit harsh. And, you know, it, it kind of shows what what him losing his velocity this year has has done he had the neck injury that he was pitching through and so far the velocity just hasn't come back and therefore the swing and miss is is not quite there as much right now owen white is at eight below anthony gutierrez and just above kumar rocker i'm a little surprised that jack Leiter didn't fall further he's at number four or number five um it goes the top 10 evan carter white langford sebastian walcott brock porter then jack Leiter, justin foscu anthony gutierrez owen white kumar rocker and dustin harris a couple other guys that jumped up pretty high. Cameron Colley, who I had on the show a couple weeks ago. Um, go check that out in your podcast or YouTube feeds. He's at number 13. Abimelech Ortiz is all the way up at 14. That is a pretty huge jump for him, including uh, also Echerdi Vargas, who is a middle infielder in the Rookie League, who has been absolutely tearing it up. He is at number 20 on this list. A couple other new names to, to look out for is guys in the Rookie League. Marco Marcus Torres, uh, the outfielder for the rookie league, an 18-year-old there, and Jesus Lopez, a catcher in the rookie league, the only catcher on this list. And I thought, okay, like maybe they're just throwing a catcher in there just for funsies. And uh, you read his bio, and it's oh well, his his defense is is pretty good as a catcher. And then you look at his numbers for the years under rookie league, and they're pretty good. In Jesus Lopez, who's at number 25 on this list, he's got a slash line of 289, 396, and slugging 644. That is a 1,040 OPS in 13 games, just 45 at-bats, but still, that is some solid stuff from a catcher. Three home runs, two triples as a catcher in those 13 games, and three doubles. That's solid. That's really solid. He also had more walks than strikeouts the year before when he split time between the DSL, uh, the two DSL teams, Um, so that's nice to see. We'll see how much time he gets uh, obviously not a whole lot of games this year in the rookie league he didn't play in the dominican summer league before this so it seems like he's been stateside the whole time but only 13 games maybe there's been some sort of injury or something but just something that's um kind of interesting and the rangers had three guys in the top um i guess still have three guys in the top 60 of baseball prospectuses mid-season baseball prospectus was much higher on Wyatt Langford at number five than they were Evan Carter at number 11. Uh, I, I think that Carter is is top 10 most places. They also had Sebastian Walcott at, at 60 and um, Luis Angel Cunha at 59, but Luis Angel Cunha is no longer a Rangers prospect. But still, I think this is encouraging stuff, kind of shows the Rangers system is still very, very good. I'm a little surprised that Brock Porter wasn't higher. That's one of the things that I had a huge question with. He hasn't pitched yet in the month of August. I think he might be getting a little bit of time off because his last couple starts had not been as great. But but still, he's putting up really solid numbers. And the guy that, that's ahead of him, that's significantly ahead of him, that I, I really question was Dylan Lesko, who was the other, um, the, the first 
the first prospect off the board, first high school pitcher off the board in that draft in 2022, I believe it was. He was the first round pick by the Padres, and he was a little bit lower on their pre-draft boards than, of course, our guy Brock Porter. And his numbers haven't been that impressive, really. He's in the same level, basically. He spent some time in the rookie league this year. He's got seven starts or seven starts on the year and three starts with low A um, Lake Elsinore Storm. And those three starts, he's gone a total of eight innings. He's got four walks. He's got a 788 ERA and he had an ERA of 1080 in four starts for the Padres rookie league team. So I don't really know why he is that much further along than, than our boy. Um, but hey, they all prioritize different things. It happens. Whatever. It's fine. I'm fine. Clearly, I'm fine. Because the Rangers have an absolutely dominant prospect in Wyatt Langford, who is just tearing every level of baseball. And then coming up, we're going to look at our prospect of the week and a little bit around the farm, what they've been doing for the last seven days. But first, let's word from our sponsors. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day on Monday's show. I'll recap this huge series this weekend in San Francisco. The Rangers take on the Giants this weekend, and you can catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, my prospect of the week, there is very little drama to this one. It, of course, is going to be Wyatt Langford, who has just been absolutely on fire at literally every level he's played at. Only 10 professional games for him so far. Half of those have come this week. And this week, he has put up an insane slash line of 438 on base of 609, slugging 813. That is a 1421 OPS. And you think, oh, well, that's, that's a small sample size. Well, let's look to the entire the entirety of his minor league tenure so far, which, again, is a small sample size of 10 games, 47 plate appearances. But in that time, he's got a slash line of 395, 511 on base, slugging 816, a 1326 OPS for him in 47 professional plate appearances. Also, this week he had more walks than strikeouts at six walks to four strikeouts, had two stolen bases, had a home run, three doubles. Of course, what can't this guy do? Well, it seems like he can do absolutely no wrong, and I was extremely over the moon that the Rangers got this guy. I mean, it seemed like he was not going to be able to fall to the Rangers. It felt like the Rangers were going to get one of Walker Jenkins um, or the other outfield prospect whose name I can't remember at this moment. Um, but it, it seemed like they were going to get one of the high school outfield prospects and not one of those top three college guys in Wyatt Langford, in Dylan Cruz, in Paul Skeens. But uh, the Rangers got one and they drafted him. They gave him uh, all the money that they could. And it seems like it is a very, very worthy the investment. I am just so incredibly high on this kid. He he might be I don't know. I don't know what what level he's going to end up at next year. I, I'm assuming he'll probably start in double A. I think that he's probably going, going to continue in high A for the rest of the season at least until the high A season is done. But as we know, all the levels they end about a week before the next level above them. So Maybe if if Texas if the if the Texas League Championship back to back is is a thing that's on the table, which I don't think it is. I don't think the Rough Riders are doing nearly as well this year as they were last year, um, especially with some of their guys just not not being as good and also not being there. There's not as much prospect talent on the Frisco Rough Riders as there has been in years past. Evan Carter is still there, and I think I seem it seems like he might 
be there for a little while. For the last 28 days, he is in what can, constitutes a slump for Evan Carter, what other people would consider a pretty good month. That his batting average has really taken a nosedive the last 28 days. He's hitting just 216. Still has an on base of 389 because Evan Carter is going to walk a whole, whole bunch. That's just what he does. And he's slugging 432 with four home runs in his last 28 days. So, I mean, it's not really a slump for anybody else, but for Evan Carter, it, it kind of constitutes a slump. I think that he is just about ready for AAA if he starts to have a good week. I mean, this week he's got a 754 OPS. So, um, yeah, that's a slump for Evan Carter, which is not a slump for most players. But Evan Carter is one of the top 10 prospects in all of baseball, according to most places. So I think a 750 OPS for a week is, you know, not the best sign for him. I do still think that he's going to come up to AAA by the end of this season. Maybe he doesn't. If he doesn't break out of his slump, then I don't know that they're going to throw him into AAA, but there seems to be like there's going to be a spot for a little while with uh, Julio Pablo Martinez coming up to the big league team. That move will be announced Friday night. Maybe it'll be announced while I am recording this podcast, and um, I talked a little bit about JPM on yesterday's show, and really excited for that kid to get his shot at the big leagues and maybe make an impact, maybe still stick on that big league roster we'll we'll see if he can stick but uh, i think he can and um i mean the rangers need some help in the bottom of that order and, and so why not jpm i thought it might be evan carter but with what he's done the last month and and not just continuing to put up those insane numbers which again is asking a lot because he is still a 20 year old in double a um I, I think that he might end up staying at double a for the rest of the season which wouldn't be the worst thing in the world still um I think that that's okay, and we'll probably see him in the big leagues at some point next year. Maybe it'll be midseason. I thought he would be challenging for a roster spot out of spring training next year. Right now, I'm not as as sure about that. I don't think the Rangers are going to make any big splashes in free agency. I don't think they're going to sign like Kyle Tucker. Um, I'd be really happy if they did. That'd be great, but I don't see them making splashes on an outfielder that would, you know, disrupt the plans for left field. I think right now it'll probably be Zeke Duran um, in left field next year, or maybe it'll be Dustin Harris if if he continues to put up some pretty good numbers, or maybe it'll be JPM. I mean, who knows at this point, but I'm not really worried about it because especially with Wyatt Langford and Evan Carter coming up, and I, I think both of them will be up at, at some point, at least by 2025. I mean, if if White Langford keeps doing this, I mean, they might call him up to double A next week. I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to be um, pretty cautious with him until he shows that there's absolutely nothing he can learn from being with the Hickory Crawdads, which I don't think is the case. I think he can learn quite a bit, but he has had a great first couple of games with the Hickory Crawdads, great first 10 games to his major league or his minor league um, season career. And uh, I am, I think just the sky is the limit for this kid. He's played a lot of left field. I think seeing him in center more often would be uh, encouraging. I don't know if he's going to be the center fielder at the big leagues, but he, he's got the speed to do it. And I think if the Rangers can improve those, those defensive reads and um, the instincts are not the best, but he's got a big arm as well, and he's he's toolsy. He's already huge, so and he's still very fast at six one two twenty five. Looks like he's built like a middle linebacker, but runs like a wide receiver. So, I think that center field is possible for him if he you know is relegated to a corner, and I think that's totally fine with his bat. He's definitely got enough offense to stick in to play left field or right field and, and have the offensive firepower to justify being in that position. But man, the bat speed on this kid, the, um, the home runs that he's hitting, the, 
the volume of the bat, the way it sounds is just, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun having a prospect like this. And Evan Carter, as much as I like him, and I think he's going to be a very good big leaguer, the, the power, just having a, a power hitting prospect that just does that kind of damage to baseballs is really, really exciting. And that's part of the reason why I've loved Joey Gallo, why I loved Nomar Mazzara, and why I loved Lewis Brinson and Jorge Alfaro. All those guys had just absolutely insane raw power. And when you see someone just get a hold of one and, and send it 18 rows deep or 450 feet, whatever, however far these guys can hit baseballs, it is just something that's very, very encouraging. Now, there hasn't been a whole lot else going on on the farm. There was uh, one thing that I wanted to mention. Thomas Ireland, who is a Rangers 13th round pick, a 21-year-old um, lefty out of uh, Canada. He was born in Canada and drafted out of Polk State College in Winter Haven, Florida, back in the 2021 draft. He was having a really solid season for the Arizona Complex League, and he got called up to Down East, made his first appearance there. Wasn't the best first appearance, but in the Arizona Complex League, he had 25 and a third innings pitch, 29 strikeouts, just five walks, and one home run, a three, a 142 ERA. Um, right now, he has got a zero ERA in his three innings pitched for down east, only through three innings, kind of a piggyback start situation, two walks for him, two strikeouts, just three hits, and one unearned run for him. A solid debut, not the best, but pretty solid and he's a guy who I'm kind of keeping just a little bit of an eye on congratulations to him for having a solid full season ball debut another guy who I'm keeping an eye on and Antoine Kelly I'm not entirely sure why he is still in double a but he is still there over the last 28 days he has thrown in nine games got one save 11 or 11 and a third innings pitched 10 strikeouts just two walks that is very encouraging. The strikeouts per nine being down a little bit, not great, but just the two walks in the last 28 days. That is something that is great because he is a guy who, um, again, very erratic, very good raw stuff, and maybe could end up making an appearance in the pen for the Rangers down the stretch. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I think he was protected on the 40-man. Actually, no, no, he was not protected on the 40-man roster, um, so there would need to be some finagling there, but I think he's got about as high as upside as any relief prospect in the system. I'm encouraged by what I've seen from him this season, limiting those walks to the untenable range where it was last year into the definitely tenable range while still, for the most part, keeping up those strikeout numbers on the season. Good on him. In the last seven days, he's pitched two games and has not allowed a single base runner. They have gone 0 for 6 with one strikeout, so good on him. Good on him for going out there and going two perfect innings in the last week, one against Midland Rockhounds, one against the Corpus Christi Hooks. But the state of the system is in a good place overall. White Langford being on fire is is great. Sebastian Walcott has cold off just a little bit in his last 28 days. He's got a 643 OPS, but again, he is still very young. In the last 28 days, he's only played in 18 games. The last seven, he's only played in three games. I think they're... Uh, just giving him a little bit of a break. But in the last seven days, he does still have more walks than strikeouts, and um, that is definitely an encouraging number for him. And uh, I, I'm still encouraged by the state of the system overall. It is still in a very good place. And the trades they gave up, I mean, they gave up two of their very good draft picks in that 2020 class that's looking just better and better and better. I mean, I'm a little surprised going back to the prospect rankings at top 30 at Justin Foscue didn't leapfrog Jack Leiter. I kind of thought that Justin Foscue might even leapfrog Brock Porter, who is having a solid season, but Foscue has got more walks than strikeouts and decent power numbers and playing okay defense at third and passable defense at second base. I thought that he might jump up a little bit further, but um, having a top three 
prospects into your system of Evan Carter, Wyatt Langford, Sebastian Walcott. Those are all guys who could be top 25 prospects by the midseason next year in all of baseball. I mean, Langford is already basically a top 10 prospect in all of baseball, and, and so is White, or so is Evan Carter. Having those two guys in your system, I mean, I mean, I can't remember the last time. Actually, I probably can. The last time the Rangers had two top 10 prospects overall in all of baseball, I think that was probably the 2013 or 2014 season, whenever Joey Gallo's stock was incredibly high and Norm Mazzara's stock was incredibly high as well. I think those guys both made it into top 10 prospects in all of baseball kind of status. Um, but still, this is a very good farm, a very deep farm. Keep having all these guys pop up, like the uh, Echerdi Vargas's, like the Marcos Torres's, the Jesus Lopez's. Um, that is an incredibly good sign that not only are you you know, signing the right guys, but developing these guys that kind of come out of nowhere, just like the Abimelech Ortiz, Ortiz's of the world. Um, there's just a really healthy state of this farm system. I'm really encouraged by it, and the Major League team is also doing it really well, too. I'm excited for this weekend series in San Francisco. Unfortunately, a 9-15 first pitch on Friday night, which will be on Apple TV+. Plus. So um, just a reminder for that to go get yourself Apple TV. Actually, I think it's maybe it's still free this year. I don't know. If not, go get yourself a subscription if you want to watch tonight. But Rangers hopefully look to start another at least eight-game winning streak, maybe a 50-game winning streak. I don't know. Um, just make things go better. Gain yourself some ground on those stinking Houston Astros because now is the time. It is time for the Rangers to be in a playoff chase. They've got the future looking bright. They've got the present looking bright. And Chris Young knows the, pre the time is now. And it is a great time to be a Texas Rangers fan. So enjoy the holy heck out of it. That's going to do it for this week's editions of Locked on Rangers. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball.